Hawks fans, and welcome in to Hawks Happy Hour here with the Four Feathers Podcast. I am Johnny Nani, got Ron Luce and Tony on tap alongside me. Gentlemen, how are we doing this fine Friday happy hour? Crack them, boys. Hashtag crack them. I'm doing well, gentlemen. It's good to be back on the mic with both of you. I think the last time that all three of us were on a microphone together was uh, circa March or April of this calendar year. So uh, it's been a hot minute. It feels good to be back with you guys. It's been a while. You guys have been holding the fort down over here, talking all that hockey. It's uh, it's good to be back on here. I'm going to try my best pronouncing names of guys that I don't even know. You guys will correct me along the way. We're going to get through this. It'll be great, just like uh, you guys gave everybody tips on the last episode on how to get through hockey season. I'm going to need some tips on how to get through the show with you guys. It's great to be back talking Blackhawks hockey. We got to go out. Actually, for the first time as a crew, I'm sure you guys talked about it. Got me real excited for this season, and the Hawks have not disappointed. They've been exactly what I've expected, guys. It's it's great to be back. Yeah, uh, gentlemen, great to be back. All three of us here. Obviously, it was fun attending that uh, preseason game against Detroit, but we're in the real deal now. Uh, we've got a couple of regular season games to talk about, and uh, the theme of the show: let's get tanked. The tank is off to a hot start. Can we talk touch on that? Uh, some observations uh, from early on in the season. And um, the look at what's uh, coming up next, what's on tap next, so to say. So uh, before we jump in, uh, listeners, make sure go and subscribe on tap Sportsnet on YouTube and like on tap Sportsnet on Facebook. Join the comment section uh, with your Hawks happy hour takes here. Uh, you can come and feature them on the broadcast. Uh, make sure you go and follow us on Twitter uh, at Four Feathers Pod and at on tap Sportsnet. So uh, without further ado, boys, the tank is on. Let's get tanked here. Uh, Hawks are 0-2-0, um, kind of what we expected. Uh, loss at Colorado, uh, loss at Vegas last night, some back-to-back action uh, to open this season. Just t- early initial thoughts on this team after watching, you know, two games. Yeah, I think um, it's so hard after after Wednesday night's game, Johnny, because – you're literally playing the best team in the league. Like, let's just call a spade a spade. They looked lost. It was game number one. Clearly, Colorado speed came out. But then Vegas, things settled down a little more. And I think that's what we're going to see more of this year is they're going to get beat. But they're still going to, I think, hang around and play hard. And I think that's kind of what I've seen so far is, hey, yeah, th- these guys know that they're clearly not the t- most talented team in the league. But Luke Richardson's got them coming out and playing balls to the walls on a nightly basis. I mean, shit, you have it, Johnny, for us in, in your lovely rundown here. 41 hits yesterday against Vegas. That is cool Red. and fucking tough. Cool and tough hockey. They're Fire. just banging bodies, man. Yeah. <laughs> banging bodies and pucks in deep, you know, like that. Four lines. Hey, banging bodies yeah. all night. Banging bodies all night. And uh, it's, you know what, I'll tell you. It, yeah, they're 0-2. Um but damn it, it, it was it was fun watching them back and kind of getting a little bit of a flavor of like who plays well together and like the the Max Domi experiment looks like it's going to be fun this year and I don't know there's there's something about this team it's going to be really weird falling in love with a team that's this bad um, but they're they're going to have their own little quirks that that get us excited I, again I like the way they're playing they're playing hard even though they're not the most talented team out there. I just like that they're following the plan so far, guys. Uh, 0-2, they're following the plan. They're getting out to an early lead um, in terms of what you guys referenced on the last show in the Tankathon standings. Um, But, you know, overall, I think that, you know, you you touched on something, Ron, and that's the physical play. Hawks haven't had a really physical team in what feels like forever. 
guys that are going to be out there that are chippy. I know Johnny normally picks out one guy on the team. Right now it seems to be Sam Lafferty. Uh, you saw him uh, throwing some gloves down. Um, but I think you're going to get a lot more of that from this team and not just guys who are out there to be bruisers, but just actually playing that more physical style of hockey, finishing checks, G- giving um, a shit about more, getting to those yes. board battles, right? That's, yes, that's the biggest thing. I think you, you've, you've got a bunch of guys who at least seem hungry to go into the corners, at least that seem hungry to finish their checks uh, and do shit like that. And overall um, it's been, somewhat entertaining hockey to watch. They're going to have their games where they get blown out. And I think it was completely unfair that they, you know, <laughs> lined them right up against the abs game one, but you know, it better to get it out of the way early, I guess it can only be up from there. My initial thought guys is you guys covered a couple of the areas there too. So I'm not going to rehash those, but uh, my initial thought is that they would go into walls last year when they got absolutely hemmed in their own zone and they could not get a thing going the other way. That has not been the case. Maybe a couple you could saw a little bit in second periods. I think the long change uh, did them in a little bit since it was kind of a recurring theme already, even though it's only just been two games. That's when they've only had their real kind of instances of that. But they would go just stretches, seem like whole periods at times uh, last year in the year before and the year before that. Uh, where they would just essentially look like they were discombobulated all the time. So I, I think Luke Richardson, the early, uh, you know, kind of feedback on his system is that it is simple enough for these guys to understand and implement, and it's not impossible for them. They're not they're not thinking too much, right? Um, they they know their responsibilities. I always go back to a quote Mackenzie Entwistle had during uh, training camp and early in the preseason uh, about. If they mess up, it's on them because the their expectations are laid out for them uh, and they know what they're supposed to do. They know where they're supposed to be. Um, so I I do like that so far. And like you guys said, for losing both these games, still pretty entertaining. Like, uh, Ron, you and I talked about um, on the show prior to opening night last year, that game was out of hand, like about what? 12 minutes into the first period that wasn't early sure they ended up you know uh going down four to one at one point in the middle of the second period but then they did get it back early uh in that third period with the power play tally there so um like i said it's kind of showing up throughout the game because they were absent and dormant for stretches way too long last year yeah dormant's a good word johnny it really is because you put it perfectly. The team wasn't playing incredibly hard. They would just, yeah, they kind of went through the motions a lot last year. They'd have the a couple was, of stretches where they got hot. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about with the kind of just dormant. That's the best Absolutely. word to describe it. Yeah, it's a great word. It really is. I think it nails it on the head, Johnny, because, you know, they would really get into those crazy lulls where all of a sudden it's like, have a little bit of life. And that's at least what we've seen from this team through two games is some life. And if nothing else, Johnny, I kind of brought it up. Uh, when you and I talked they, on Wednesday, was even if this team's losing games, as long as we see the principle that Luke Richardson is laying down and it's being effective and they're buying in, that's just comforting for the future then because when this team is talented enough at some point in the future to start competing with playoff teams, they're going to bang bodies and they're going to play hard and they're going to they're going to be a hard-nosed team. And it's 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 so refreshing, Johnny, right? Because you you, you see it around – kind of around all of Chicago sports right now, they all want to build in this model of like just being a pain in the ass to play against. And the Hawks have, have said that, right? They want to be that team that like trying to stop play you right them. there. 
Let me stop you right there. <laughs> the White Sox are not a pain <laughs> to play against. Well, fair. But nonetheless, like they the Hawks are are the way that they wanted their team, what Luke Richardson said on the day he was hired in the press conference of our teams are going to play hard, they're going to, you know, play fast, etc. They're at least doing that. Yes, it's not yielding wins right now because the talent isn't there, but at least you're seeing that heart and hustle and like you said, they're they're going into the board, you know, into those board battles. They're going into the corners with kind of a fire lit under their ass a little bit that we haven't seen in the past. So, again, a, a very big positive I think from these two losses is that it's seeing that application of the vision that Luke right. Richardson has for this franchise going forward. Right. Yeah. That's a good, good uh, way there. And then it just to kind of tangible things that you can go and point to talking about improvements. Granted, it's only one game to the next, right? It's only been two games so far. However, um, and once again, I'll go back and refer to what Tony said, but unfair uh, to go out and get thrust out there against, you know, the complete fire sale rebuild team against the defending Stanley cup champions, complete polar opposites ends of the spectrum, uh, Colorado, uh, game uh, on Wednesday night that let up four power play goals. Obviously, ended up being the difference in the game. Um, but then you go ahead and look at Wednesday, or excuse me, Thursday night's game at Vegas, and they go three for three on the penalty kill. So I do think there were, uh, they, they could have even stayed out of the box a, a little bit more. I think they really only should have had one penalty in that game. However, penalties are going to happen. It's part of the game, and you saw improvement in that area. They didn't let Vegas burn them. And on those last Active two... Active stick, Seth Jones. Right, yeah. On, on those last two power plays, too, I believe they only allowed one shot on each of those. It, it was the earlier one that had allowed four, because I believe it was six total saves. Uh, that Stalock made on that uh, penalty kill there. So um, I, I did enjoy seeing improvement in that area, especially since it was one thing that burned them. So that tells me that Luke Richardson is in their ear and giving them the message and then they are receiving the message and then applying it back on the ice. We've come a long way since Jeremy Carlton boys. That's all I'm gathering from this. Um, you remember the system that he tried to implement? He always talk about his systems and all these other things. Well, I'm actually sort of seeing some results from a coach who took a team through training camp sort of instilled his message and people bought into it. I didn't think that the Blackhawks as a team really bought into anything. And granted, there's a, a large group of guys who were not here underneath those regimes. Uh, but for the Blackhawk fan who's been waiting for a coach since probably Joel Quinville to come in and actually implement systems and, and talk about things and then see results on the ice, this really feels like the first time that you've actually seen that. I know King had a little bit of a, a, a hot start, but for, for right now, I know this is small sample size, but I'm taking training camp into this as well. The things that he talked about are things that you're act actually seeing applicable on the ice right now, and I think that's refreshing. Yeah, refreshing also another great vocab word. Like this might turn into like finding the vocab words for the season here because, you know, it is refreshing. It's refreshing seeing it's refreshing having a sense. And obviously again, it's early, it's two games, but again, like you said, Tony, even in your example through training camp, right? It's refreshing having a coach that feels like the right hire. That's what's refreshing. We're not all sitting here bashing our heads off the wall about Jeremy Colleton, you know, probably is, is, one of the, is he the best biggest... coach in Chicago right now? He might be. He legitimately might be. And it's crazy the, to think that. Yeah. But like 
it, it again, it's just it says so much, I think, about him and how well he how much he's respected. And I love too that with the Richardson hire, and I know we talked about this when he was hired back in the but again, it wasn't just the old boys club where you know some regurgitated head coach who's already been a head coach somewhere is just brought in and they're gonna, you know, oh, he's gonna be the one that leads us. No, like they're letting him grow with the team. And I love that. And I again it's just refreshing feeling like wow, maybe, maybe they got this right with the right guy in charge. Now it's about getting the right talent in place to play under that right guy in charge. Johnny, right. I'm just yeah. setting Ron up to drink the Kool-Aid here for you know yeah. two or three years down the road. Drinking yeah. the Kool-Aid, man. Yeah, we, we're drinking the Luke Richardson Kool-Aid here. Hey, uh, anyone in the comments here? I am S-K-O-K-S. Thank you. Tune in. I uh, appreciate it's you, long. dudes. What's up? Um, good to have you here. And Hawks Happy Hour. Boys, uh, let's talk a little bit. Uh, some individual uh, standouts that I saw. Hey, Jonathan Taves took him 20 into his 26th game last year to score. Uh, he gets that done in the first period of the first game with power play tally. Very nice setup by uh, Philip Kershev, too, I might add on that one. But, uh, boys, he looks ready to go this year, whereas that was not the case last year. I know he was still winning faceoffs early on, but now he's doing it all. Uh, and he definitely looks more active overall. So uh, good, good to see the captain get off to a nice start here, especially uh, since, you know, we, we don't know exactly how much longer he's going to be donning the Indian head sweater. Yeah, absolutely. I, it was, I, I think that was the first thought for everybody when he got that first one was, hey, we don't have to wait now to see a Jonathan Taves goal this year like we did last year. I, I love this it, quote too. He's like, they asked him about it after. He's like, yeah, I don't want to talk about last year. Like, yeah, he's, he's like, like yeah, he's on to this one. Very, it was bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. We One game, we're now two games, one goal. We're doing good. Uh, no, it, it's great to see. It feels like he's playing with a little bit of kind of maybe new life this year too, right? Last year, like, like he said. Yeah, like last year was just such a weird year. He hadn't played hockey in almost a full calendar year up to that point. Getting back, you know, into the swing of things. Just a weird season in general with all the everything that happened off the ice. And it's like, yeah, he just he looks like Jonathan Taves again, which is refreshing because, again, a guy that we I think as a collective, we as Blackhawks fans were kind of starting to like write off as like, hey, he's not the same Jonathan Taves anymore. And he certainly still isn't, but he looks more like himself than he did last season. We're still seeing that that two way center that gets the job done, Um, you know, and and I, I got a name that I want to throw out there, too. But I want to hear from Tony about about Mr. Taser, because uh, it, it is just really good to see him get on the score sheet. And again, last season, we wait 26 games. First goal of the season for the Chicago Blackhawks comes from the captain. It felt very appropriate. I think it just kind of hashtag confirms that Jonathan Taves was happy that he was coming into a, a season without Jeremy Colleton. And he walked into the marketing department and he said, hashtag ready to work. And he went right to work, got his first goal, first game. And I think he's the one that came up with the slogan. That's that's my conspiracy tinfoil hat time here on Hawks Ooh, Happy like Hour. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, all right, uh, Ron, hit, hit us with another one here. You said you got another name here. Let's go. Let's fire through some of these. Uh, Max Domi gets his first goal in, in game number one as well, going hard to the net. Again, not the biggest guy in the world, but he plays with a, a tenacity and, and a flair uh, that certainly resembles that of his father, old Ty Domi. But it, it's it's good to see him starting off quick because Max Domi isn't, historically and in the course of his career been a major goal scorer he's much more of a pass first guy you look at all of his offensive numbers throughout his career it's a lot of assists right even his best career seasons I think his best goal scoring season is like I want to say maybe 21 goals 
22 goals, something like that. Like it's, he's not a 30 goal scorer, but he's shown he can put up 50, 60 points via the dish. It's good to see him get his first point of the season via a goal, especially in a hard nosed area like that, right in front of the net, uh, just banging her home. So Max Domi really stood out to me in that first game as well. Obviously the goal certainly helps, but he was all over the place. And that, that was, it's exactly what you want to see because Johnny, like we told people, appreciate Max Domi, but don't get too attached because if he keeps playing like that, he's going to fetch a really pretty return at the deadline. Right, yeah. Uh, he's off to a good start there, too. Uh, um, I, I, at first, I think he started off just a tad bit slow in that game, but once again, these guys were all trying to find, you know, A, their legs, uh, and B, uh, find each other on the ice. It takes a little bit to get that chemistry going, right? Uh, but I'll, I'll go and then uh, build on that one, Ron, and the guy that tossed him that assist on his goal was Mr. Tyler Johnson. He's had himself a decent start to this year. Good to see after him coming. I know he did come back late last year after the next surgery, but I just never knew if he was going to get back to that same level of kind of playmaking. However, uh, uh, he had that feed uh, for the assist on Domi's goal. And then last night, he was very, very, very close uh, to putting the Blackhawks on the board in that game. Just a stellar save uh, by Logan Thompson in the Vegas net there uh, to kind of deflect it up. Uh, I believe went up into the netting there. Uh, but he, he definitely had one of the best looks of the night. I, I saw the replay about three times um, as they slowed it down on NHL Network. And uh, it, I, in the in the moment, it, it all happened so fast. I didn't realize how good of a save it was by Thompson. But uh Johnson was about to snipe, you know, top shelf there. So um, I've liked his game too so far. And it's nice to see him also be able to get involved uh, along the boards too. Um, because once again, with an injury like that, you don't know how much contact he's going to be willing to take. Well, it uh, looks like he's ready to work as, uh, you know, the slogan goes. Tony, uh, who you got? I know you're looking in the net there. You know, I was going to save this netminder discussion for a little bit later on within the show, but we can get to it. Uh, I I was really impressed with Stalock last night. I thought that, you know, he was really impressive. I, I don't know too much about Vegas. I do know they've been a thorn in our side for a very long time, despite uh, us, you know, eliminating them from playoff contention last year. I just keep talking about that, and we'll keep talking about that, and we'll keep talking about that, because that's my favorite memory of, of the Blackhawks playing them. Um, but – I thought that he was really aggressive in net, showed a lot of different things that we haven't seen out of Blackhawks goaltending in, in, in a while. But overall, he kept you in this game, gave you a chance to win. I, I had no expectations for a Blackhawks win last night, and if it wasn't for him standing on his head multiple times, I think the Blackhawks score probably looks similar to what they had going on the other night in Colorado. So – Early returns are in. I know who I want in net when I show up to the UC. That's just me right now. Early Alex, returns. Where are you guys at? Alex Stalock is like in Chell when you go and you activate the goalie and play with the user um, as the goalie and you play aggressive as shit. Um, he was like out a good, uh, honestly, yes. it had to be close to 10 feet uh, on top of the crease uh, for one of those saves there on Riley Smith coming down the wing last night. And he loves Johnny, it going... reminds me of a little bit of old time hockey. Yeah, it does a little bit too. Like, you know, kind of like uh, it, it, the pad stacks. I know he didn't do any of that, but you know, when they get out, he should break that out like, into really, his like, repertoire. Like yes. flail. And yeah, yeah. That, that's what it looks like though. When you see Stalock. So yeah, it's, it's interesting there. Um, you say that, but that, I mean, obviously outstanding numbers don't lie. 36 or 37, uh, Stopped all six power play shots that he saw uh, last night at Vegas. So I was impressed with Stalock, too. And I will I give Mraz credit, too, because, A, 
we talked about the Hawks being thrown in overall to, to the fire, uh, so to say, uh, against the Avalanche there uh, in game one. Well, he only let up one even strength goal. And I will say the Hawks did play the Avs okay at even strength overall when you go and look at the um, numbers at five on five. It was the power play that did him in. And some of those tips, man, uh, they, they are the, the Colorado Avalanche are a machine on the power play. So uh, I know it doesn't look good overall when you just go and look at the box score and the numbers and uh, say, oh, well, you know, uh, Mrazic gave up five. Uh, but you got to remember, only one of those at even strength, four of those are power plays, courtesy of uh, the juggernaut that the Colorado Avalanche are. So um, I would say overall, though, obviously, Staloc has made more of an impression uh, from the net there. But um, that's it, it's you're only as good as your last envelope, Johnny. Right. We've dis- yeah. We've discussed this before on right. various different platforms. You're only as good I, as your last envelope. And the I goalie think- envelopes came in and one was one was a little bit heavier than the other. I think Stalock would have given up five if he was in net against the Avalanche too, though. That's my only kind of take on it too. But it's I, just once great again, coaching from Luke Richardson, yeah, right? Right, there. right, yeah. Uh, but I just, I, I was, I was impressed with Stalock's uh, play style too, because I remember seeing him a couple of years ago in Minnesota. Um, obviously, the last time he really got some uh, consistent action was at like nineteen twenty season there. Um, but you know, uh, it, it was definitely, it, it's a different style. So it, it was fun to watch. Yeah, he, his his controlled flailing almost reminds me uh, stylistically, not certainly playing career wise, uh, of our last season's Mark Andre Fleury. Uh, kind of played that way, that controlled flailing, and you, you know it looked like, oh my god, he's just flailing around. It's like nobody knows what he's doing. Like that is kind of Staloc's method. He is very aggressive, and yeah, I mean, Tony, to your point, I think this is the perfect season where you don't really have a true number one goalie. Like, yeah, on uh, like Johnny, we discussed, you know, in, in our blue. Do you need one? I mean, Ron, do you need do you need a number one goalie? Well, right. Exactly. That's what I'm going. That's kind of where I'm going. Right? Like on yourself. paper, yeah. on paper, it's Peter Mrazek, right? Because he makes the bigger money and he he's, you know, he's been a starter in his career where Staylock has pretty much consistently been a backup for majority of his career. But to your point, Tony, right? We don't really as is the Chicago Blackhawks franchise doesn't really need a number one goalie this season. So why not ride the hot hand? Right. That I would not be mad at all to see you, Alex Stalock in net tomorrow night. You hit so, the you hit the keyword there, Ron. And I just wanted to say Alex Stalock has gotten some of his recognition in years past for going on those hot stretches, whereas Mraz right. has just kind of been the, like you'd said, had opportunities uh, for starters, uh, you know, at various locations where he's been. However, Alex Stalock kind of bulldozed his way in, into that Minnesota net back when he had his good season. So um, I just wanted to add that in since you, you hit the keyword and it just put the light bulb off in my head, the, the ride the hot hand there. Yeah. It, it feels like that should be the method this season, right? Because it, it to me, this is a year for the franchise let's call a spade a spade here really quick and net right peter mrazic and alex Stalock are not here probably beyond the length of these contracts i think mrazic is another one or two years after this and Stalock is exclusively on a one-year deal these guys aren't the goalies of the future here right it's it's the potentially the drew camessos and and some of these other young guys that are in the system are arvid soderbloom and, and and all of these guys these are the goalies of the future or at least guys that they're considering for that position you don't have a number one let these guys just go in spurts right like if peter morazic gets hot for a three or four game stretch let him keep going until he fizzles out and then give Staylock a run like i i in terms of 
again, not in terms of season results, but in terms of like game share, I wouldn't be mad to see like an anti Niemi Cristobal Huey first year of the cup run split where it's like 40 and 42 games. I think that's very okay. I think Morazic will probably end up playing more than 50 at the end when it's all said and done. But again, Johnny, to your point, right? Like Staylock has done this in his career where he can go on these little hot stretches and, and get hot for periods of time. If that ends up allowing him to play 38 to 40 games, I'm not mad about it. Which goalie am I going to get more pissed off at on this show this year? I'm going to take early bets from both of you. We'll go Johnny first. Well, you already have your mind made up, so it's going to be I, it's, it, 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 I, Okay. All right. Right. <laughs> I think oh, – I was gonna, well, you think they're right. I was going to add a caveat that yeah, add the caveat you, should, you should be more at Staylock because there's going to be times where that aggressiveness bites him and it bites mm-hmm. the Hawks and it might be in a yeah. crucial situation. So, Jonathan, you took the words although, right out of my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> although, am I going to be mad? That's the, that's right. the question. That, am I? This is such a weird Hawks season. This is going to be a fun yeah. year on this show. Well, and, and who, do you, who do you got, Ron? You're taking you're taking Brazic as well? I am... I am going to – I'm going to take Mrazek, but here's why. I agree with Johnny. I think there will be times that Staylock drives you berserk because he does something too aggressively and it and it nips him in the butt. But I think because Mrazek is the higher-paid goaltender and has kind of that starter tag attached to him, I think if he has games where he just doesn't look like he's came to play, I think that's going to make your blood boil more than, you know, a, a guy like Alex Staylock who's making – almost the vet minimum and, you know, is expected to, you know, be a backup goalie, right? Like, you know, I, I think that's going to be the difference. And, and uh, you know, that's just kind of what it is. And like what you said on the show too, Tony, like you said, right? It's going to be a, it's going to be a fun season because it is such a weird year in terms of expectation. Uh, yeah. that We wanted to remind everybody on our opening show that you got to have fun with the season. Make, find ways to make it fun, right? We're out here talking Hawks happy hours. This is how we're making it fun. We're going to have our, you know, atrium, you know, pre-beer, pre-game beers and everything like that throughout the year. Um, I mean, but yeah, I think Mrazic's going to drive you more nuts, but I think they're both going to drive you yeah, nuts. Yeah, we, we need to hook Tony up we t- hook Tony up to the blood pressure rating and see which one actually riles him up or get the sign <laughs> this would be behind a, it. This would, this would be a fun thing. We could try this out. We'll get a blood pressure machine. We'll hook it up in my basement. We'll, <laughs> we'll watch the Hawks games, and we'll see who drives me nuts more in that. And, oh uh, yeah, and then that we can decide whether or not I'm going to watch tonight's game based on who's in that. We'll figure it out real quick. It's my doctor would approve it. Yeah. Yeah. There you That's go. amazing. You're, you're, getting, <laughs> you're getting regular checks. It might, it might not be at healthy levels, but at least you're getting checked. <laughs> there you go. I, I just, right, I was just curious. I got one last question on the goaltending situation, yeah. boys. I, are these the only two goalies that we are going to see barring injury? Yeah, yeah, are these the only two goalies that you're going to see this year? You'll see Arvid Soderbloom at some point. Uh, there's going to be an injury. There's going to be a Ill- illness. Flu season comes around in Chicago. It, it, it's bound to happen. And Soderbloom did get some time uh, last year. Uh, you're going to see him at some point. Um, might only be for just, you know, maybe a handful of games. But uh, I believe he will yeah. at some point um, due to what, whatever it may be. Um, whatever these circumstances dictate. He, he would be the first one up from Rockford there. You're not getting Jackson Stauber up. So... <laughs> Yeah, and I'll I'll even go ahead and, and and tail on that a little bit too. And um, there was already today in Winnipeg, uh, their head coach uh, has COVID, 
So there's rumblings and rumors that with flu season, COVID numbers are going to increase again. I don't think they're ever going to get back to the, the 2020 level again, just because of, you know, it's been around people have become used to it and obviously the vaccines and whatever, but um, there's always a decent chance, right. That one of these guys, you know, just catches COVID and it's, you know, okay, he's out for a week or, you know, whatever the, you know, the local kind of regulations are now all of a sudden, okay. You know, it's, it's, it's so well, that's, that's yeah, good luck. Good luck. So let me got to go up and play Toronto on hockey night in Canada. Have fun. Well, yeah. Good luck. Good luck. You got the, the, the next game against the abs when they're going to pepper you with yeah. 40 shots. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just curious when we're going to see a goalie that we're going to get enamored with the same way we did Corey Crawford. I don't think that we've got that right now. Yeah, you have to wait for, we Duke don't, we're going to have to wait a couple of years. Yeah. But, you know, I, I was just curious what you guys thinking was, is there any way that there's a goalie in this organization that's not at the NHL level right now is going to play themselves into Chicago at some point this year? And I think my answer to that's no. I wanted to see where you guys were. Yeah, it's Soderblom. And he's still, a you know, under uh, contract uh, for, you know, I uh, would have to go and look it up. But I believe it's not just this year. I believe he's uh, under for more than that. So um, and he's no, Rockford's number one there as well. So that, that would be your first. Do we miss there. Kevin Lankinen yet? Uh, based on last year, no. And he also is a traitor, went to Trashville. So, yeah, I know. Very yeah. mad at that. Very, very mad at that. We got the anti-Kevin Lankinen because Kevin was calm, cool, and collected. So now we got the wild, flailing, wacky, wavy, inflatable, arm-flailing tube man, Alex Daylock. Yeah, and that's <laughs> – I love I've, – I've actually got a little uh, wacky, yeah, wavable you do. You do. Yeah. Arm, man. We're going to have to bring him out when Stalock's up. Maybe that's yeah, why put, I like that guy. Put him, love put, him, put him right next to the TV, Tony, and then we'll – yeah, we'll get we'll definitely get yes. a video of Stalock just, like, coming, like, <laughs> 20 feet out of the crease. To, uh, yeah. I'm going to have to go, have <laughs> to go bust that Somersault. wacky, wavy, inflatable, arm-waving two-man it's, it's, every, it's every great. start. Yeah, Perfect. I think I knew I knew there was a use for this. I think we can make like a paper jersey, a paper Staloc jersey for him, Tony. I think that <laughs> needs to happen. I think we do too. He's desktop size too. Yeah, he is. Yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have yeah. to bust that out for for some of these uh, Staloc games. I love it, Johnny. This is fantastic happy hour. This is this is great. I love this boy. Some Hawks happy hour here. Uh, we appreciate it. J- jump in the YouTube comments on tap Sportsnet on YouTube. Go subscribe there. Uh, press the little notification button so you know when we go live. Don't miss these in the future. Uh, and also drop your comments in here. We'd love to hear your takes on how you're getting through uh, this Hawks season. All right. Boys, we talked in net. I want to move it up to the blue line really quick. And my God, we expect a lot of them, Ron. You and I had talked leading up in training camp and all of this. And this guy, because he's getting paid so much, he's going to be here, you know, for you know the next decade essentially. Forever Seth, and ever. Seth Jones is earning his money right now. That guy has been playing heavy minutes as we expected, but he's been playing them effectively. He's got a burst in his skate. And he's also got an active stick, something you mentioned earlier, Tony. And it is excellent to see he's also involving himself in the rush. I know he did have a little gaffe on the power play where he was out of the zone. And he got the clip of Kaner saying, where the fuck are you going? Um, but <laughs> besides that, he, he, he has been the number one D-man, as you expect this year. And he's got a little shove to his game this year, too. He doesn't look as timid as he did, which and it's, like, weird to say that someone that's, you know, six, system. six four like that is, like, you know, and how big and, you know, strong he is, that they were timid. But that's kind of the vibe that you got last year. Nuh-uh, none of that this year. Uh, he, he is definitely earning his money so far. So I am happy with Seth Jones. You guys know me. I've been a big 
you know, just based on the contract, uh, my expectations are high for him. So I'm glad he is at that bar right now. Johnny, this is why I, you know, four feathers run so smoothly, right? Because like a great line in, in, in hockey, we have great line chemistry here at four feathers because you literally read my mind. I was thinking exactly what do we want to talk about next? And I wanted to talk about Seth Jones because yes, you absolutely nailed it. He looks so much different and maybe some of it, Johnny, is you mentioned kind of that like that edge to his game this year that he didn't have last year. I think he heard some of the critics. I really do. I think he heard a lot of people going, Good. wow, we paid this guy nine and a half mil for eight years. I'm glad like, he did. Yeah, agreed. And I, I think it's fantastic. Like, obviously, yeah, last year he was a, a big minutes guy and, you know, he still racked up plenty of points. I think he was the team's, what, second or third leading scorer because of all the assists. But, like, didn't score a lot of goals, you know, wasn't really playing very physical. He was just out there being a number one defenseman and eating minutes. Now he looks like that guy that's earning the role. And, you know, maybe too, Johnny, some of it is maybe he feels like he has more of a, a voice and a leadership role on this team now, where last season, obviously, the, the A's that were split were the Cat and Murphy. And now he's splitting with that A with Murphy. And maybe he does feel that sense of, you know, hey, this this is kind of. I mean, he's going to be here long enough. It kind of is in a way like partially his team, right? Like, Hey, this is, these are my guys. Like this is, I got to play hard. I got to earn the respect of my teammates and and the money that I'm making because he is after this season, the highest paid player on the roster because Kane and Taves is 10 and a half mils are going to fall off. And even Kane's next contract, I don't think is going to be that high. So you know, he's it's good to see him step up and, and look like I think what every Hawks fan thought they were getting when they acquired Seth Jones. And, and I'm going to go back uh, to a, a quote that Eddie O, uh, you know, we knew, we know we miss him here, but well, something that he always said, accept and execute, right? That was kind of more for role players that he was talking about. I'll apply it in this sense to Seth Jones in that he is finally accepted, uh, kind of reaching a quote that he had said during the preseason. He has accepted that the Blackhawks are in a rebuild and he is going to be a key piece of guiding them through it. Um, and now he's executing by leading by example on the ice. Yeah. And you love to see it. And it's again, another refreshing take of this team this year is, you know, I want to look at the end of the year, like you and I have talked about Johnny and and even with Tony last season, you know, I would love to look up at this, at the stat sheet, the end of the year after 82 games and he plays, you know, 79 games, right. Inevitably a guy's going to miss a game here or there, but you know, he's playing high seventies games, maybe, maybe all 82 if he's able to stay healthy. And has maybe 10 goals and 50 assists. And you're like, wow, a 60-point defenseman would be sick. Like, that's awesome. That's exactly what you expect out of a guy that's making $9.5 million. And he'd be the first, you know, 60-plus point defenseman that this Hawks team has had since Duncan Keith. So it would be really refreshing to be able to see him have that kind of season this year. Yes, obviously, I mean, plus minus is such a flawed stat, but that's going to be egregious. But, you know, if he's hitting people, he's blocking shots. If he's doing everything that you expect a $9.5 million number one defenseman to do, it, again, it's just a refreshing sense that, okay, Seth Jones is going to play a meaningful role in this team even now and hopefully when this team is starting to become competitive. You know, maybe he's not the number one at that point in time if a guy like Kevin Korczynski, um, you know, develops accordingly that the way the Hawks hope he does. But he's still going to be a big-time piece in this on this blue line for really the better part of the next decade. All right, Tony, what do you got on set there? I mean, 
I feel like we've been drinking a lot of Blackhawks Kool-Aid on this episode so far, so I'm going to try not to piss all over it, but I've got some some thoughts on the whole Seth Jones stuff. And, Johnny, some of this may have been driven by late-night conversations with you on the phone, so I apologize for maybe being negative here. Ron, your, your whole sentiment on it, I think it's awesome that Seth Jones has taken on this role and kind of figured out that, hey, I've got to do this. I'm going to be part of this rebuild, kind of accepted it. I think this whole entire thing is just absolutely still the wrong situation for this guy. And it's absolutely abysmal that he's locked up here for so long. It's great that he's doing these right things. He didn't have it last year. There were there were issues with this, but let's let's be real. Now is the, the clock in time to see, all right, here it's going to go for a while. You've got him on this this first year of this contract here. What's it going to look like in year two after the losing starts to get to you? After you've lost 10 games in a row, that's when I want to see Seth Jones still doing exactly what he's doing right now and still playing that hard and bringing that energy. And that's up to Luke Richardson and, and Seth Jones uh, more than, than Luke Richardson. But I want to see what it's like when we get into the dog days of the season. And what kind of effort level are we getting out of this highest paid number one defenseman? And you're right, Ron, 60 point defense. I'm expecting that that's floor for Seth Jones for me, because guess what? You're making big fucking dollars. You are the highest paid player in this organization going forward for a while. You better be a fucking star. You need to be a household name in Chicago for everybody who's a Blackhawks fan and even a little bit more reach than that. If he's going to be the face of this thing, if Kane and Taves are gone and he's the highest paid guy, there's no slouching. You're the face. You're the franchise. You are the number one. And and still, I don't think that the play is there. Yes, there's been improvements, but I want more. I want this guy throwing the body around. I want him making a name for himself. I want him on SportsCenter, Hockey Tonight, NHL Network, all the time talking about what Seth Jones is doing in Chicago and outplaying how good, you know, he can be even on this rebuilding team because you make that money by being the star of the team. And, yes, you want some solid defense. Sometimes it's always said if you don't see a defenseman on the ice, that's a good thing. Guess what? You're that fucking big. I want to see you all over the ice. That's kind of my take. I'm not sold yet. It's been a nice improvement but we're going to need to see this consistently and even take it up a notch for me just so that we can get to the point where this contract's justified at some point, because if he is in a three, four role by the time the Hawks are good. Okay. But if you're playing bottom pair defense, by the time the Hawks are good again, this thing is even more of a disaster because there's no way to move it. it it's not Kyle Davidson's fault that he's here. It's not, Seth Jones' fault that he's here. It's an unfortunate circumstance, but there's only one way to rectify it, and that's to be an absolute force out there and make yourself a household name in Chicago, and that's what I expect him to do. Anything less, we're still in the same boat, and we can make all the excuses that we want. It's just a fucking atrocious, atrocious fact that he is here and locked up to these dollars at this point and this juncture. Johnny, I think I've talked to you a little bit too much about Seth Jones. I'll hand it back over to you. Yeah, I'd be brutally honest, but uh, fairly fair assessment. I would uh, go and say there, Tony, it's, uh, you know, uh, that's why, you know, I kind of got on that kind of eh, not ragging on him, but 
wanting more, right? Uh, th- that kind of train last year. So um, I agree. I want to see more, but I will say um, for all intents and purposes through two games, very small sample size, he is off to the right, uh, off on the right foot. Um, I will go ahead and say that. Obviously we do want to see him score there, but Blackhawks haven't been doing much scoring overall, obviously a couple of power play tallies in that first game of the year. So um, my question here, as we get close to winding this down guys, um, how do the Blackhawks score? How do they fix the scoring woes? They don't have an even strength goal this year yet. Um, obviously, they got shut out in their most recent game Thursday night at Vegas. How do the Blackhawks score? How do you fix the Blackhawks offense here? I want all suggestions from logical to off the wall in tinfoil hat time here. Everything's on the table. Let's go. Well, I'll, I'll start it off with uh, logical, uh, and then we can let this thing spiral off the rails here at some point. But I think a logical way that they're going to score goals, Johnny and Tony, is like Eddie always said, for all you young hockey players out there, go to the net. They're going to be greasy, dirty, gross Max goals. did do that. Though. Yes, and even Taves, right? I mean, that goal is scored from five, six feet out in front of the crease. I mean, great pass by Philip Kershev. Holy shit, that's a guy, too. If, if he has anywhere near a decent season, that's a steal of a player at 750K or whatever the hell he makes. But, like, you're going to have to score goals within, you know, five and six and seven feet of the crease. It's not going to be Patrick Kane out on the dot sniping every time. You're going to get those still. They'll come. You'll, you'll see them throughout the season. But it's really going to be go to the net, apply that pressure to the goaltender and to the, to the opposing defenders in their own zone. And that slot is going to be where people make their money this season. Like if you want to, you want to be the Blackhawks leading goal scorer this year, if not named Patrick Kane, go to the dirty area, get your body in front and just clean up anything else. And then the D getting involved to echo off of what Tony said, Seth Jones needs to be a star, needs to start shooting more, needs to help put the puck in the net. And even just some of the other guys, just get the puck to the net. And then that's when that dirty area presence comes into play. You clean up the rebounds. Uh, and, and again, it's not going to be pretty, but if they're going to have any kind of offense this year, it's just going to have to be down and dirty in the crease area. Luck. You're going to need a lot of luck. Um, <laughs> puck luck, good luck, bad luck from the other team. Any kind of luck you can get, you're going to need it. I, I actually was thinking about this question as I fell asleep last night, Johnny. It's funny that you ask, how did the Blackhawks score? I spent a considerable amount of time thinking that to myself after yesterday's game. And I couldn't find an answer in my head, and I still can't find an answer right now. Ron, you said, you know, that the, you got to get to the net. You got to get to the dirty areas. You got to make things happen. You see the Hawks doing that, but I just don't think that there's so much finesse. When you get past the first two lines of this team outside of, you know, Max Domi, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, a little bit of Philip Kershev, which, by the way, I was also thinking to myself, does anybody in Chicago that doesn't, like, absolutely love the Blackhawks know who Philip Kershev is? If you saw him in Jewel, would you even know that it was Philip Kershev? Isn't that a shame? Anyway, um, how do the Blackhawks score? I have no fucking clue. And I think that, you know, the, the front office and the coaching staff and even the players probably top Google search result after these first couple games is like how to score five on five because <laughs> they've got to be looking at shit. I just downloaded Chell the other night. I couldn't score in like the first two games. Fucking straight to YouTube. They should just be watching YouTube on how to score goals. That's what the kids are doing <laughs> these days. They're going to YouTube. They're learning how to do things. Go on YouTube. 
how to score five on five, look at some strategy, maybe discuss it in the locker room. That and probably fucking truckloads of smelling salts. Yeah, need a lot of smelling you. salts. You stole mine. You stole They're it. You're gonna need a lot of smelling salts. Get yourself jacked up. Sometimes if you're, you know, you got that heart rate pumping, maybe a couple of espressos in the locker room on intermission. Get out wow. there and just get jacked up. Just fucking just skate it straight into the goalie and see if it goes in. I don't know. Score yeah. goals it, outside it, of Patrick Kane. There's not a lot there. You absolutely stole mine, Tony. Mine. I was going straight to Amazon. Pallet smelling salts delivered to locker room, uh, wherever you're at. Absolutely need it. Absolutely need to get that heart rate jacked up. Need the extra energy. Uh, I saw a couple of clips from, I believe it was Alexi Lafreniere, uh, sharing it with his head coach. Uh, so maybe Luke Richardson needs his little smelling salts as well to get, put a little extra uh, spice in that message there. So um, I would go with that. And then other than that, a point that you made, Ron, uh, D getting in involved um this kind of goes back to what we talked about seth jones but we want to see more from him production wise right point wise we want to see more goals especially um because i know he did rack up some assists last year but we want to see goals he's got a big shot big hard heavy shot uh he's in a competition with his brother caleb for who can score more goals and i believe they have a running bet going caleb won it last year uh over seth so um it's a it's revenge time for seth but b uh everyone can take a tip from Caleb Jones uh, getting the puck to the net. Um, and I will say, um, I know they haven't gone in yet, but Jack Johnson has the message. I think he is carrying that over from the Colorado Avalanche last year, uh, especially since they had so many big bodies out in front to be able to help redirect things home or clean up loose change. Uh, but getting those pucks through, I saw Jared Tenorti rip one as well. Um, Seth uh, has had a couple of opportunities to do so as well, but Caleb Jones is going to be a guy who generates a lot of shots. So um, you're probably going to get pissed off with them sometimes in the defensive zone. Um, but my God, he, he will fly that zone and then go help out on the offensive end. So uh, from the blue line is going to be a big factor if the Blackhawks are going to score this year because the forward talent up front, like Tony had said, you go and look past those first couple of lines, not a whole lot of scoring prowess. There are some nice players in there. I'm not going to go and, you know, diss my boy Sam Lafferty, but he needs to be more on the greasy in front of the net, like you had talked about, Ron, on that program. Whereas, you know, your FNSU, your Kershaw, and your Kane are going to be more of your outside guys. So everybody else in there get to the front of the net and clean up loose change. But that will also be generating that loose change by getting shots in from the back end there. So um, th that's what we've got for Hawks scoring woes here. All right, boys, take a look at what's on tap next before we close this thing down. Um, guys, I think they're getting their first win of the year. Prediction here. I think they're getting their first win of the year at San Jose Saturday night. Uh, that's a nine o'clock puck drop our time here. Um, the Sharks, we're at the top of that tankathon standings um, because they played over in Prague, lost a pair to the Nashville Predators, but they come back and guess what? Um, they got a shitty schedule because they had like the whole week off from playing last Friday and Saturday. They got the whole week off. Now they played this Friday and Saturday. And who do they have coming to town tonight? It's the Carolina Hurricanes. who are probably going to run them out of their own building on their home opener night. And they're going to be down in the dumps. And I think the Blackhawks will send them to 0-4 and 0 um at the start of the season i do think uh the hawks get it done after you know just seeing the improvements that were made from game one to game two um but th that's immediately what's on tap next and then the hawks will have a little break of their own before coming home for the home opener a week from tonight which we will all be in attendance for so looking forward to that but your guys thoughts do the blackhawks get a win or they finish this road trip zero and three you know johnny i i, I too was looking at the schedule when 
we talked on Wednesday, and I also have this one kind of not penned in, but penciled in as the Hawks' first victory of the season because you know that you have time off coming up. They have pretty much all of next week off. I mean, they don't play again until next Friday. So you got the time off coming up. You're finishing out. You played a pretty overall solid game against Vegas. Yes, you lost, but you only lost one nothing, and it was a two-on-one. Like Otherwise, they played a pretty solid hockey game against a pretty good Vegas team. They're not Vegas you know, even the last couple of years, but they're still at least a playoff contender uh, in the West. So I think they run into, into San Jose. San Jose is going to be tired, too, because of playing tonight as well. Um, yeah, they're at home, but again, second game of a back-to-back for the Chorks. Um, so I'm really hoping that uh, we, we get the, the Hawks' first win of the season. Can you do that one more time? The Sharks. Oh, Pat Foley is here in spirit. I love it. I love it. Thank but, you. you know, like, I think – I really do. I really think that that they're going to have a chance. Maybe uh, Andreas Athanasiu, which is going to be Tony's spelling uh, assignment, um, maybe he pots his first in a Blackhawks uniform. Maybe the D gets involved. Maybe we get Caleb Jones or Seth Jones starting the, uh, the sibling rivalry for the season, getting on the board. And – I'd also like to see Showtime just be Showtime and, and have a big game. The Hawks always play well against the Sharks, even when they're a good team, and they're not a good team right now. They're also kind of in this weird, like, we're rebuilding, we're not rebuilding, we have some guys, but we don't have a lot of guys kind of space. Um, so it'd be good. It'd be really nice to see the Hawks go ahead and, and get their first win for uh, for Luke Richardson on the road. You know, you guys are breathing so much positivity into here. It's It's almost refreshing. As you said before, Ron, refreshing, all this positivity. I think the Hawks can take on the San Jose Sharks and and, uh, come back with a victory here. So I'm going to add on and triple down on this one. Hawks get their first win. We'll drink some victory beers. We haven't been able to run that at it yet from the Four Feathers account. If you're not following that, make sure you are at Four Feathers Pod on Twitter. Uh, Johnny, I think think we're going to come out of this with about a 3-2 victory. Maybe see another Kane goal, maybe two. I'd like that. Two yeah. two king goals. Yeah. Um, Ron, it, it, I'm going to throw this back to you for a second. Is this the first game that you would lay money on the Hawks this season? Hmm. Are 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 you saying that uh, we're we're smelling a little Hawks money line for the we four might, feathers crew here? I might I can, lay some. I, I might can, lay some Hawks money line. I can get behind that. We, I think right. I'll I'll join we, you on that train. We need to go and ping on tap bets for the first time this year in I think favor we do. of the Hawks, right? Yes, I think we need to go ping on tap bets. Take the Hawks. I like it. Yeah, it's a four. It's a it's a four feathers guarantee if we're all predicting it. So speak it into existence, right? Um, I'll go with just a little bit of a prediction here before we wrap up. Uh, you talked about you know potential for scoring. I, I would like Kane or two uh, up front, but from the back end, like we talked about, how do the Blackhawks score five on five? How's it going to get done? I know what I praised. Caleb Jones' ability to get the puck to the net. However, it's going to be Jack Johnson to score the first goal from the back end because that guy, he just does it. He doesn't need to be prodded to. He doesn't need to be in the perfect situation. He's a veteran guy. He's seen every single look that you can possibly have from the point, and he did it in the preseason as well. So I will go with Jack Johnson for the first goal from the Blackhawks' blue line. Not overall, but from the blue line. I like it. I'm a big fan of that. I've got one last thing, Johnny, before yep. I get before we all get out of here. The celebration. I see a comment that just came in here. Didn't the Hawks start last season also playing the defending cup champs on the road, no less? 
but that just wants to. Uh, it, it was not the. It, they did play at Colorado to start their season last year, but obviously Colorado did not win the year prior. That was the Lightning. So. Okay. But so yeah, they, they did still have to start at Colorado. Banner raising ceremonies is where I'm going with this. We all sat through the Colorado banner raising. We've seen some banner raisings ourselves. Compare Colorado's banner raising to what you saw from our Blackhawks team because, I don't know, I don't know if I was impressed and I wanted to hear your guys' reactions to it. Well, I mean, how much they got Mark Hoppus under contract for? That's what I want to know. Um, Get the whole song. I'm sorry. I know that was like their thing. They would all sing uh, all the small things, right? That that was kind of their... uh, uh, their shtick last year during the playoffs, but they did the whole song. Apparently, uh, that's that's what reports said. They obviously showed parts of it uh, on that TNT broadcast. But the Hawks have done it so much better. Um, our, our guy Comiskey reshared that video uh, of the 2010 banner raising ceremony. I was there in attendance after when they were raising the 2013 banner. Um, Hawks do it much better. Uh, they're teams of video editors and uh, production team uh, at the United Center on site. Um, hundred times better uh, than whatever the Colorado Avalanche did. I will say for them out there, probably a cool moment to go and relive that and be in unison and sing that. So good for them. However, in terms of a production value, doesn't even come close to any of the Blackhawks uh, celebration. Yeah, I'll second that. That's one thing the Blackhawks have always been incredibly good at. Uh, league-wide really is is a great media department and a great, a great product uh, that comes out from those graphics teams. They absolutely do a great job, and I agree. I think it's so much better. I, I still, every time I hear "safe and sound," I still think of the 2013, uh, you know, video. Like that's just it's embedded in my brain. Um, I will give Colorado a little bit of credit, though, gentlemen, because uh, they at least did better for their banner raising ceremony than the Trashville Mustard Cats did when they raised their, um, you know. We came in fourth place. And, yeah, yeah, we came in. We came in. NHL banner. Yeah. We yeah we came in fourth place, and uh, you know we we cut our toes without uh, you know taking any skin off. Like it, you know their their terrible banner raising is at least at least the abs did it better. I also didn't like how the banner looked. I think the banner is atrociously ugly. The gray, the weird like script writing, it just didn't look good. So it, it, there's something about what, looking at those beautiful banners that hang at the UC because they just hit differently. So I agree. Uh, definitely. Yeah, there you go. Johnny's got them on his ceiling. That's exactly it. Like they look so much better. Um, Agreed, though, Johnny. Good for them. I'm sure that was awesome. I'm sure as an abs fan, that was probably an incredible moment being in attendance for that. Um, but yeah, there's... There's three banner raisings in, in our history and of our lives, gentlemen, that we can point to that I I, I think we're much better done uh, as a product for the viewer, whether it was your team or not, um, than what we saw on Wednesday evening. Love it, guys. I right. was just I was no. just curious on uh, on what you guys thought of the the banner raising ceremony. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's close down. We do got one last question here. Fly the dub. Thanks for joining in the comments here on our YouTube page on tip Sportsnet. Uh, he says, who gets to start in goal next game? Not announced yet. So not official, but if you're riding the hot hand, you would probably go Alex Stalock. Uh, they did have a day off in between. I would imagine they're on the rotational sort of uh, bridge here though. So I would, eh, I wouldn't be shocked to see Peter Morazic back in there. Any thoughts? Right there with you, Johnny. I, I think, um, you know, if you go based on just the first two games of performance, I absolutely would give the nod to Staylock, but I, I agree with you. They're going to give Peter Mrazek every opportunity, especially early on in this season, um, right. to be the guy. So I think he gets there's to just, start. 
yeah, we you know we talk about riding the hot hand. There's just so little to go off of there. Sure, you, you had those, and then you, but you go and like I talked about, you go and look at what would Alex Daylock have done against the Colorado Avalanche? Would he have fared any better? Who knows? Would his over aggressiveness have doomed him to give up more? And then even though he you know had a good look at Vegas, he might have looked atrocious by uh, box score at Colorado. I, I don't know. I just, it, for that reason alone, I think you're just going to go one two one two for right now to start. I'm with Johnny on this one. I think they're going to rotate this sort of back and forth, at least while they let the dust settle here and figure out who's, uh, you know, the, the, the best option. I'm, I'm going back to Mrazic for, for this game. Yep. Sounds about right. All right. Uh, gentlemen, it was a pleasure uh, drinking with you, talking with you here at Hawks happy hour on the four feathers podcast. Uh, great to be back. Um, obviously, uh, another game here before a little bit of off time, but that's Saturday night, uh, nine o'clock out in San Jose. So, um, follow along with us at four feathers pod on Twitter and on tap sports that as well. Uh, we'll be sharing out some content during that game. It's Saturday night. So, you know, we like to get a little rowdy here, uh, at the four feathers podcast that will surely be in full effect Saturday night. Um, boys, uh, hit me with the final thought from this one, and then we will sign off for the evening. Luke Richardson style hockey is cool and tough, gentlemen. It's great to be back on the mic talking Blackhawks hockey. It's uh, it's been entertaining hockey so far. Let's hope that they keep playing that brand. Uh, Ron hit the nail on the head. Luke Richardson brand of hockey. It's a different style than what we've been seeing uh, from this Blackhawks team in a little while. Go get our first win. Yeah, I, I think like we did in the predictions here. So uh, I guess the betting advice there uh, is we're going Hawks money line uh, for uh, this game uh, coming up Saturday at San Jose. It'll be a rough start for them, but then the Hawks will need to do some later catching up in those tankathon standings. Uh, if that's the case, that would drop the Sharks presumably to 4 no. I don't see them beating the Carolina Hurricanes even on their home ice uh, tonight. But who knows? Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, be sure go and follow us, uh, like I said, on Twitter at ForefathersPod at ONTAP Sportsnet. Check out ONTAPSportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. And go and subscribe on YouTube, like us on Facebook, at ONTAP Sportsnet on both places so you don't miss a show. I uh, would love to have you in the comments for future editions of Hawks Happy Hour. So, gentlemen. That'll wrap it up. Hockey season is hashtag back. Four Feathers podcast is hashtag back. Can't wait to do plenty more of these with you guys this year. Until next time, let's go Hawks. Let's go Hawks. Let's go Hawks.